0818-715-815. Hello, good afternoon, and you're very welcome to Live Live. Again, unfortunately, I have to give a health warning. Younger ears, definitely not suitable listening today by any stretch of the imagination. Um, adults who are with younger uh, children in their care or whatever, um, maybe you could listen back on the podcast, but um, if you can't, uh, isolate it at the moment. But it is, uh, again, very, very difficult topic about uh, young children who... I'm trying to give people time to switch off, unfortunately. Young people who were abused by uh, Holy Ghost Fathers are indeed, as we're now discovering, lay teachers who worked for the Holy Ghost Fathers. Now, the problem is we now have uh, four... Every time we get a name, we have to submit it to the Holy the Spiritans, as they're now called, and they come back and say... Well, that hasn't happened. They've come back and said yes to every name we submitted since Tuesday. Um, there are four names outstanding. Two of them are in relation to lay uh, staff, uh, but the spirit and say they can't comment either way on lay staff. Um, one of them, by the way, is the name I've been mentioning all week, Edward Baylor, who was a Christian brother, um, and he was a Christian brother across England for a long time. The Christian Brothers headquarters at the time, I think, was in Dublin, as they were founded in Ireland by Edmund Rice. Um, and Naylor uh, apparently, well, not, we know for a fact his he was a, he was uh, named by Aidan on uh, Wednesday as uh, his abuser, uh, and some savage abuse was perpetrated. And then we discovered through a book we came across uh, that was published in England a, a fair time ago called um, "Shame to Tell the Truth and Shame the Devil" about another uh, Catholic deacon. Uh, but Baylor's name came up in the middle of that book and uh, he was accused from 1969 onwards of savage attacks on uh, pupils in the various schools. He was a Christian brother in, then he came to Willow Park in the early 70s. Willow Park is part of the, the Blackrock uh, College campus. It's a junior school and he was at this stage, he was no longer a brother. We don't know who, did anyone ask any questions? He was no longer a brother and he was abusing uh, pupils and then he was caught by the Gardaí in a hotel in North Dublin uh, with a young child. And uh, he was brought to Dundrum Court. We don't know why he was in Dundrum Court. And we cannot, for the life of us, find a, a newspaper cutting of a case in 1986, if anyone can remember, it's a long, of a man, it's an unusual name, uh, Edward Baylor, B-A-Y-L-O-R, though he could spell it B-A-I-L-O-R. He was known as previously as Brother Ignatius uh, Baylor. Uh, but if anyone can enlighten us, because, because he got two years, why he didn't get 10 years for abducting and abusing a child, or 20 years is uh, news to us. Why he was tried in a district court in Dundrum is, is, uh, is another question, another mystery we cannot uh, answer. Now, we have a, 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 another name. Yesterday on the programme, uh, you heard uh, from a former pupil who was in Willow Park, and he vividly described the Holy Ghost Fathers coming into primary school pupils and saying, would you like to become a Holy Ghost Father and travel the world and swimming pools and uh, you'd be looked after and you'd have a place in the next life, um, an exotic life you'd have in various countries. And uh, our uh, speaker yesterday, as you heard, put his hand up. He was about 10 at the time. And he was moved down to Kimmage Manor. 
uh, which is the preparation school uh, to become a Holy Ghost father at that age. And then after a very short time, he was uh, being taught how to play croquet on the grounds of Kimmage Manor by a priest. And he was uh, savagely abused by this priest and, sav- and savagely dealt with. Well, that priest uh, is a man uh, called Gus Griffin. Um, he is deceased, we're told. And um, not only did he abuse our caller, who was a student in Kimmage Manor, he was also found guilty of uh, assaulting a local child who used to play in the grounds of Kimmage Manor, obviously from around the Kimmage area. And he was there was a number of other charges, a teenage boy um, um, committing acts of gross indecency with a teenage boy. And he was sentenced to seven and a half years in prison. Now, interestingly, the spiritans who defend all these cases and pay for them you may recall in the documentary on one on Monday, the Spiritans argued with Mark and David Ryan's case that one O'Born was too old. He was now eight in his mid eighties, even though the the um the David and Mark and Michael, who you heard for the first time yesterday, three of them had brought the case to the Gardaí and the DPP took the case uh, when O'Born was eighty two. But the Holy Ghost fathers argued that O'Born was too old and the charges, uh, the, the crimes were, I don't think they even call them crimes, were happened too uh, long ago. The High Court said, no, we will deal with this. And the Spiritans promptly appealed it to the Supreme Court. And the Supreme Court, um, again, we'll hear what the Supreme Court said. The Supreme Court said, um, it was Justice Adrian Hardiman who read out the judgment, now deceased, um, former pupil of Belvedere College in Dublin that we've spoken about here uh, over the last 18 months with uh, Patrick Marmion. Um, but uh, he said that it, indeed it was too long ago. Indeed, he was too old and the distress caused to him by this case will be greater than the distress um, that was visited on the boys. And as you heard Michael yesterday saying, they were deeply, deeply upset by this judgment by the then uh, Supreme Supreme Court. We don't know whether it was a, obviously it was a majority judgment, but we don't know if it was an unanimous uh, judgment. But that, that man uh, that abused uh, the, the David and Mark, that was the first name that came out, Father Tom O'Brien. You heard his name mentioned by a number of other people. Michael on Thursday mentioned him again yesterday. Then the other names that came out were Father Senan Corey, Father Jared Hannan, you heard them being uh, referred to on Tuesday by Stephen. And again, I can read out these names because every time we hear a name or get a name or a long email, we put the name to the Spiritans and they come back and say, hey or nay. I don't know how long we're going to have to do this to get all the names out. Um, but anyway, Father Aloysius Flood, you heard from his niece yesterday saying he abused her from the age of five upwards. He abused his brother's daughter, his brother's baby, basically, five years of age, upwards he abused her. Um, Edward Baylor came up by a number of people. Senator Corrie came up again. Um, that was Edward Harron on uh, Wednesday. Tom O'Brien came up again. Uh, there's an unnamed lay teacher who's come up uh, a number of times, the same, the same teacher, by the way, same name, uh, deceased, 
and uh, we haven't got a response yet from the spirits and they're saying if we was a lay teacher in the Holy Ghost Fathers it's nothing to do with us where we're trying to challenge that because they have the files and um, Flood was mentioned and now it's Gus Griffin and I want to go first to uh, Finbar Maloney Finbar good afternoon Good afternoon Joe how are you today? Good thanks and how are you? Your abuser was Sen and Corrie Yes Yes. And um, tell us about uh, your time in Willow Park in Black well, Rock in I, Dublin. I entered into Willow Park in September, first week in September 1964. And I wasn't too long there till the abuse started. First it was physical and emotional abuse. And it all started over having to make a knot on the tie. I didn't know how to tie the knot on the tie. And okay. it was all right for the first week because the prefect that was in charge of the dormitory used to make it for me but then the priest that was in charge came out this morning and got three or four of us that wasn't fit to make the knot in the tie and told us that we'd be punished if we weren't fit to make it by the end of the week which I wasn't fit to do anyway so I got punished for doing for not being able to make the tie knot and what age what age were you then Fimber? I was eight eight year old okay so you and I never I never seen a tie before in my life. It's a so so eight years of age. You couldn't not a tie. Don't think any of us could. Mm. And what was the punishment? Well, the punishment you mean that was uh, that uh, you you'd have to get a cold shower. That was the punishment that he gave us. But then the whole thing about this this led to worse for me because what happened then I was so afraid of the punishment that I started to wet the bed. And then that led to more punishments because of me with the bed. He come round and he checked the bed. And this is Corey again, Sen and Corey. No, no, no. Oh no, no sorry, this different. Was, okay. This was the priest that was in charge of the dormitory. Oh, okay. West, okay. Okay. West, 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 West Wing Junior. Okay. Dormitory, and he'd hold up your bed linen and show it to the rest of the boys that was in the dormitory. Uh, make a sh- more or less make a show of you. And then it depends how many times you wet the bed. You had to go for the cold shower. You bring it down, you put you into the cold shower, and turn it on, and hold you in it, and you felt like you were being drowned. So it was more or less like a waterboarding outfit that he was doing to punish you. Yeah. Yeah. And another thing he used to do was come round in and you get clean underwear every two weeks, but in, in the week in between, he'd come round and he'd get you to put your underwear out on, on the bed. Yeah. And he'd check your underwear, and if there was any stains in your underwear, he'd hold, bring it to the end of the bed and hold it up and show it to all the other boys in the dormitory as well. Yeah. So that's the emotional and physical side of my abuse there. That's such a young age. Well, yeah. Okay, so how, how did you come across Corey then? How did he enter your life? Well, I'll tell you how I come across Corey. Every night there used to be rosary, and when the rosary would be finished... The dean would get up and talk about things that happened during the day. We say about litter being left outside the tuck yeah. shop and things like that. But okay. this particular night, he got up and he started to talk that the matron had made a complaint that there was uh, stains on the sh- on the sheets of some uh, on the beds of some of the dormitories. And he got into dinner talking about uh, about uh, bad thoughts and taking yeah. pleasure from the thoughts and. That the devil, that you, if you die with them bad thoughts in your head, that you die in a state of mortal sin, and that the devil is have you, and that was it, and you were there for eternity. But uh, that, you see, 
I, I got really afraid then. I, I didn't know what the bad thoughts even were. I thought I was thinking bad things about a teacher I didn't like or anything. Yeah, yeah. Something like that. So I remember going up to the dormitory that night and it was, my bed was next to the window and I never slept the whole night. I thought the devil was going to come in and take me that night. But, uh, Your sweet but innocence. Uh, Your sweet innocence. Yeah. At such a, uh, but, a young age, rightly. What happened was then, I thought to myself, you see, there used to be confessions then of a Saturday. Okay. Morning in Dorothy, and I decided well, I better go to confession and tell these things so I get clean that the devil won't get me anywhere. But uh, I had the bad luck when you went into Dorothy, you see, the, the priests were sitting with their back uh, to the Lord's face to the altar and their back to the congregation, we say. Yeah. And there was two of them there, and you go up to whichever one became vacant. And I had the bad luck of getting curry. And I went up and told him about my sins and all the rest and about yeah. the bad thoughts, and that was it. But I never thought nothing more. I was quite happy going out. I thought that I was I was away from the devil, and that was it. Yeah. But uh, about, I suppose it was maybe the following Monday or Tuesday night, just before lights out in the dormitory, the prefect in the dormitory came in, and he told me that I was wanted in Father Curry's room. And I, I didn't, I couldn't understand why, because they had no real contact with Father Corey, like in class or yeah, anything like yeah. that. But I went into the room, and he was there, and he was standing up, and he had a chair over, he had the desk, and a swivel chair at his desk. And he pulled the chair over for me, and told me to sit down there. And he sat down in the swivel chair. All I had on me then was be pajamas tied with a cord, and there was a big opening in the front where you could go to the toilet. But anyway... He started to tell me or about ask me about the bad thoughts and did I take any pleasure with the bad thoughts and I didn't even know what he was talking about. And the next thing he started to run his hand up the inside of my leg and up and inside mm. my pajamas. And then when he do that for a few minutes he used to turn around and put his elbow on the desk and his head into the into his hand and he had his other hand in under his cloak. I didn't know what he was doing at the time, but I know what he was doing now. And he'd come back in every so often and rub me up and then go back and into the desk again and the same back again under the desk. And this was on for about, I suppose, 15 or 20 minutes. And then when he was finished, then when I was going out the door, he told me to tell no one or I'd suffer the consequences. So that's more or less the gist of the story with Father Curry. That's the way he started with me. And Finbar, when when did you decide that you were going to break your silence? Did you tell anybody? Did you report it to the school? I, 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 I went to the dean because, you see, he was on about the bad thoughts and then Corey telling me about the bad thoughts. I linked the two, you know, and I just said it to yeah. the dean one day in the room. We used to have to go and into the dean's room for different things. And I just said it to him and he ran me out the door and he says, get out of me, saying he says, and leave Father Curry alone. He had a hard time on the missions. So I were told when up. you, when you, when this eight, nine-year-old child went in to report this abuse, the dean, yes, told you to get I out. Get, I can give you his name if you like. Do it off air, and we'll check it, and then we'll 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 come back and. That's and, okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, and I never mentioned it from that day until 
back when the thing broke down uh, where the where the tribunal was. Do you remember that tribunal? Yeah, the Ryan. The, the, well, there was a number of tribunals. There was an inquiry uh, into the Ferns eyes, the Dublin eyes, and then there was a Ryan report into the industrial schools, which was featured a lot. I don't know. But I think it could be the Ferns one. Yeah, so okay. I, I uh, got to know about one and four then. Yeah, brilliant. In yeah. Dublin. So I went to one and four in Dublin anyway, and they helped me out a lot. And they put me in touch with Pierce Megan, the solicitor, and he took it from there then. Okay. Okay, um, I'm going to take a break. Maybe you can give the name during the break to Shane and, and then we'll we'll decide whether we can name this Dean or not. I told you to get out. You you reported this abuse, a young boy, uh, to the person who was in charge of uh, discipline and in the school. You very courageously reported it and um, he told you to get out of the room. We'll be back after this break. Joe at rte.ie. Talk to Joe on 0818 715 815. Talk to Joe on 0818 715 815. And Joe at RT.ie. Finbar's given us the name. It's another new name, unfortunately. So we'd have to put that to the Spiritans because, as you know... um, up to the documentary on Monday, they, they would only uh, admit to one name that they were given. And now I think we're up to nine names. But each name we get, we have to obviously uh, put, it, put it to them. Um, Dermot Flynn. Dermot, good afternoon. Hi, Joe. How are you? You've just contacted us now. What, what's, what was your experience in Willow Park? You were age eight. You were in second class or whatever, second year. Yeah, well, I started in Willow Park in the late 60s. I suppose and the first year was very good it was one lady teacher which was very nice but after that you go to a situation where you would probably have a different teacher for every class so you stay in the classroom mm-hmm. and a different teacher will arrive in so to make it I suppose a long story short I was I think it was my second year in Willow Park I can't honestly remember because it is 50 years plus ago Yeah, yeah. but I was sitting at the back of the class against the wall I had it student friend of mine sitting beside me and it was a long enough bench where someone else or two more people could possibly have sat on it and we had a lay teacher who I can't name at the moment but I have left his name with your researchers yeah. and he was going around correcting work homework I think or the work we did that day and because there was a seat beside me he sat on the seat yeah. which would be very unusual for a big teacher to sit on a little boy's seat yeah. so Myself and the chap beside me, I suppose we were giggling, nothing too dramatic, you know, and I do remember the chap beside me saying, slide over my way a little bit, and his seat would go up in the air and we'd get a laugh out of that. And this went on, I'd say, for a minute or two. Okay. And then I heard the teacher, um, something along the lines of, what are you doing, or what's so funny? Yeah. <laughs> Take your time, do so yourself and yourself and your little pal are on the are on the school bench. She says to you, as two two young fellas would, two children you were, uh, move over a bit and the the might the the yeah. desk might turn into a seesaw. And, yeah, um, exactly. So yeah. so, so uh, the teacher spoke to me and yeah. I turned to look at him. And the next thing I remember was my head hitting the wall. Where he had punched me full force into the wall and, and the wall was covered in blood as well and that, that, that was kind of it yeah 
and the class obviously went quiet and no more was said about that. And, you know, that was it. That's what happened to me. But as I moved up through the years in Willow Park, that was the only time that I was assaulted. Okay. And there was certainly no sexual assault. And did you witness, well, I'm thinking of the names that have come up, Corrie, Flood, O'Born, no, Hannan. I'm only starting here, Joe. Okay, okay. I saw worse than happened to me, because I did end up in Corrie's class, in Matt's class. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Joe. Don't take it down, David. I, I, I'm, one, I'm conscious it's extraordinarily uh, traumatic, especially people who are... Um, speaking out for the first time, so I'm very conscious of that, Dermot. Dermot, with your permission, I'm going to take a, a short break, and um, again, with your permission, and only with your permission, I will uh, continue the conversation. Uh, I do after. want to keep going, Joe, that's why I'm here. Okay, okay. Uh, Corrie Flood or Born Hannan. Corrie's class. Well, I met Father Corrie, he was a maths teacher. I will, I will be okay in a minute, I know. Yeah, no, take your time. Um, and, um, we had them for mats and one day there's three or four of us we were out running around the fields and it was raining yeah and some of us got wet yeah and we went back in and he was the first class after lunch and a good friend of mine who was a star rugby player as well he had decided he had rugby practice after school and he decided that he would change his shoes and socks in the classroom okay and as he was changing out of his wet socks, Corrie appeared in. I remember clearly he walked up to the desk, just put his leather bag on the desk, yeah. and then spotted my friend without his shoes and socks. Yeah. And I remember him charging across the class at this chap, screaming at him. And with Corrie, when he opened his mouth, there was always a spit in his mouth. Froth, it was described but, as the other day. Yeah. Uh, one would just turned to foam. And he changed colour, and he was roaring at this chap. And of course, as he got near to him, the chap stood up, and he was in the seat beside me. And he was met with a fist to the head, which knocked him back in his seat. And then the fists really started flying from Corrie, with both, both hands, both fists. I can still remember the fists hitting the chap's head as he was knocked unconscious and fell under the desk. And he then had to get up and apologise to Corrie for his bad behaviour. And that's, I don't remember what happened after that. I mean, if the class went quiet, I don't have no idea. And this, this raises a point. I think it was Stephen who made it on Tuesday, who, who named Corrie and Flood and O'Born and Hannon. Um, he, he, said, he, he said, I often wondered how, because Stephen, I think, was abused openly, sexually abused in the class he said in front of 29 other eight-year-olds and he said yeah. i often worried the of the effect that it had on them i know the effect it's had on me um yeah. but anyway anyway um but nobody would have known i mean with okay. sexual abuse it could have happened but with Corey, for me that was the worst thing i, I was assaulted and it hurt seeing my friend being battered to a pulp and still hearing those fists hitting his head, I will never forget. But Can shortly after that, yeah. I had to, um, Corey, we had to suffer Corey for the next, I don't know how long. But he came into class one day and I just felt ill. And I really felt sick even looking at him. 
and I knew I couldn't stay in the class and I didn't know whether to run or to ask permission to leave because I knew if I asked I would probably be assaulted but I had to do something so I did I walked up to him and I had my little speech prepared I was going to say excuse me father can I be excused I don't feel very well and I got as far as the excuse me father can I leave and surprisingly he said yes you can go and I was amazed I wasn't hit nothing happened but I left the classroom and I remember covering the corridors in vomit after speaking to me you know I could never go back to that class again but I had to That was kind of my experience with Corrie. I also remember when I was there, they built and opened the swimming pool. Yeah. And I didn't like swimming. I didn't like the horseplay. I didn't like people getting pushed in. But I went anyway. And then for some reason, one of the days, even though the swimming teacher took the class, he wasn't there at the end of the class. But Corrie was. Mm. And he just ran up and down that changing room, groping people, slapping people. And having great fun, no violence. You just, I couldn't understand what this was all about. But the next week I arrived in school with a note saying that the term would never attend swimming again. And I didn't. I didn't go to swimming again after that. Okay. But the sick feeling that he put in my stomach that time is still with me. I still feel it. Stay with us. We'll pause at that for a second. The reason I want to pause is I want to uh, allow um, another um, contributor in. Yesterday we heard yes we heard from John Morgan uh, again in Willow Park and Blackrock College. A field trip with the school to the Glen of Amal. Sorry, he was John Morgan is in St Michael's School, another Holy Ghost school, but is down on Aylesbury Road, fee paying again. Um, private school, ASB Road in Dublin, run by the Holy Ghost uh, Fathers, and, and they are still involved in it to this day, even though they say we're not on the Board of Management. It, it is under the Holy Ghost uh, of the Spiritans remit. This is, uh, again, a very difficult letter, but uh, we've now established that uh, this uh, person who contacted us was abused on the same trip by the same teacher that was uh, mentioned and referred to by John Morgan yesterday. Joe, I'm writing to you as an ex-pupil of St. Michael's College, Aylesbury Road, Dublin 4. I witnessed routine humiliation, assault and corporal punishment throughout my primary school years and this continued into secondary school. One particular teacher, a lay person, now deceased, would regularly have our entire class change into gym gear, white vest and white shorts, in class, in full view, at a moment's notice, usually when it took his fancy or when the student answered the question incorrectly. He would then inspect each student in intimate proximity, so much so I can still smell his decrepit breath and body odour. Nothing happened on these occasions other than humiliation, seemingly for his own personal gratification. Other teachers were aware of this, but there was no intervention on their part. It was routine, so no one complained as far as I know, including myself, despite the fact that at best he was a predatory bully. The same teacher organised a camping trip to Wicklow, where we stayed in a hostel and hiked, I think, to the Glen of Amal, where there was an army range. He was, by the way, also an active member of the Scouts in Dublin. 
There was about 20 of us, including the teacher and a couple of older students, that seemed to follow him everywhere. They would typically congregate in his office adjacent to the classroom, which also doubled up as a dark room for photo processing. On this trip, we all stayed in the same dorm. The first night, this guy and his student pals went out to the local pub, and while they were out, one of us decided to ambush them with a pillow fight when they came back. We all agreed, however, when they did come back, the only person to land a pillow on the teacher was the guy who first suggested it. He was subsequently hauled by the teacher out of his bunk above mine. He was thrown up against the door, held by the neck, his pants pulled down, whereupon he was brutally assaulted by this teacher until he cried as his cronies watched on. I knew this as I was in the bottom bunk and literally inches away from this happening. No one intervened. Instead, we all turned away, fearing we were next, and to my shame, myself included. Once this was over, about 15 minutes later, my friend climbed back into his bunk and wept himself to sleep. I can still hear him. The teacher then mounted his own bunk in the company of one of his student friends, chatted and joked, and then turned out their light. His bed partner would also have been a schoolboy. The next day, no one said anything, as I think we were all in shock. Certainly I was. But while out walking, the teacher landed a pair of handcuffs on me, at which point I screamed abuse at him. Realising I was hysterical, he unlocked the cuffs and said nothing more. Neither did I. I actively avoided him after that, and again I didn't take the subject from my leaving. It has, however, stayed with me to this day. Every visceral detail. I didn't do well in my intercert, nor my leaving cert, and as soon as I could leave Ireland, I did. And although I have been moderately successful in my career, I have a problem with authority, and I'm remote and detached. I don't feel of this world. I have few friends, but most of all, I have a burning guilt and anger with myself for not doing something. It is nothing compared, though, to what happened to my friend, however. I recall he became troublesome and unruly in class after that. Not surprising, really. He committed suicide, however, a few years later. I don't know if this was related to a sexual assault. I've not named my friend, as his family, to my shame, may not know of this. I've not named a teacher, as I am in contact with St. Michael's in regards to lodging a formal complaint. For these reasons, I would ask you to please withhold my name. I've never been back to St. Michael's. It means nothing to me, only pain, hurt and regret. As to the evil, godless individuals who perpetrated this horror here and elsewhere, and those who protected and enabled them, my only hope is that they will suffer in eternity for what they have done to the young lives they destroyed and which remain so. And that... Um Speaks for itself. Uh, Dermot, we've spoken to Dermot. Uh, Dermot Flynn wishes to continue. Dermot, um, Father Hannan is the other name that's been mentioned. What was your... Well, before I got to him, I did manage to get to Father Flood as well. And okay. Just when the paedophile ring was mentioned, it's just a small thing, but I did happen for a class. I have no idea what class that was. I can't remember. Yeah. But I did at home with the family play chess. And for wow. some reason, Flood started up a chess society. Okay. And, of course, I was interested in that because I wasn't interested in anything else. And I played chess. And then he had a league or a tournament. And I got to the final in that, which 
just mm-hmm. seemingly accumulated yeah, some good players I don't know and Flood approached me this is my last year of Willow Park and Flood approached me and he said you're a very good chess player you've beaten some good students here when you go to Black Rock I want you to get in touch with this priest here and he hands me a piece of paper yeah. and the name on the piece of paper was Father O'Byrne yeah. who obviously ran the chess in Black Rock and I did yeah. go to Father O'Byrne and I did play chess for a small time there but thankfully this is where Lady Duck started to shine on me nothing came of it mm-hmm. he never I never he never touched me he never assaulted me nothing happened there but from there it was just I just thought I'd mention that because maybe there was a connection between the two of them once and boys to the other I don't know but from there I, I went into fourth year in Blackrock College and the rat as we knew him Father Hannah was the dean and I didn't have any major problems with him he was called the rat but he looked like a rat that's just the way his yes. appearance was probably unfortunate for him and um, there's always a smell of drink off him um, but I had no real contact with him with, Black, with Willow Park I can remember the names of all the teachers Black Rock College I was known I couldn't name yeah. a few of the teachers I don't think even though I was there I learned absolutely nothing um, one day just before school ended there was a knock on our door and Father Hannon appeared and he asked for me which I found very strange, but I was taken out. He told me to go upstairs to the teacher's room where the teachers would go between classes or have their breaks, which I did. I went with him, and he sent me over to a desk, and he said, there's a newspaper on that desk, get it. And it was the Irish Times. Yes. And I said, follow me. And we went back down the stairs and into his office, which is just at the bottom of the stairs. He said, put that paper on my desk, which I did. And he said, now go back to your class. But every day for the rest of term, you were to go and get that newspaper for me and put it on my desk. He said, if you knock on my door, if I don't answer, you can come in. If I tell you not to come in, don't come in. And I just said, you know, something was going on there. I have no idea what it was. He never touched me, thankfully. You know, I I know, unfortunately for other people, they did. But that was one of my duties. And there was a little ray of sunshine at the end of that because I got out of school five minutes before everyone else I was able to grab the table tennis table and be the first in the line for that so that was the only good thing there so there was no sexual abuse for me but I, I left I went from there obviously I did fifth year and sixth year we would move to the castle whereas where sixth years went for leaving cert okay. and I was there for I'd say maybe two weeks and I was out at a lunch break and I just said you know what am I doing here why am I in this establishment you know it's not meant to be like this yeah. and I just turned and I walked out the gates and I got on the bus and I went home and I never went back you know and I tried to explain to my parents yeah. I'm just not going back to that place and within a few days I found a job cleaning cars for a car rental company and that was it that was my experience of Black Rock I, I can't even drive past the place I can't look in at those buildings it still affects me you know yeah, um, obviously, yeah, you hear that. It's, I've had 50 years or more feeling sick. And six months ago, I was in a dangerous place. Yeah. And thankfully, my wife brought me to the GP, yeah. who had me admitted to St. Pat's Hospital. Yeah. And then it started to come out why I didn't feel well. And after, I suppose, three weeks in there, they put me back on the right road very quickly. And, you know, my, my 
my experiences of Willow Park are documented in there now. Thankfully, before your programme came out, you know, they, everyone knows. And so people that know me and think, you know, your man is a bit off or he's a bit quiet or whatever. Yeah. Well, now they know why, yeah. you know, because I have felt unwell for a long time. Yeah. And people understand... And people are, I, well, I, I hope are sympathetic. They are, of course. They, no, they are. Because I mean, people I met in St. Pat's, you know, from the doctors, the psychiatrists, the nurses, the yeah. people that cleaned your room, the people that fed you, and most importantly, the patients are the most wonderful people I've ever met. Yeah. You know, they, I've been told since that they actually saved my life. And you say, you say, you say, Dermot, you walked out of Blackrock College. And yeah. I presume between, and it's a point actually made by uh, Michael, who was on the programme yesterday. And I, I, I know it's not about money, but you walked out of Blackrock College which, and Willow Park, both of which are fee paying. Um, you say yeah. without an education, but it sounds like you just, you walked out with an enormous amount of distress, anxiety. Yeah. I walked, to make it very easy for you, Joe, I walked out, not even with a leaving cert, but the one thing I did manage to get was a severe anxiety disorder, which plagued me for many years. And since I've, you know, only got out of St. Pat's in the past six months, I've made a remarkable yeah, recovery, which, you know, brilliant, brilliant. supported by family and everything. And, brilliant, you know, brilliant, brilliant. Back on. And I would love to hear what people like, Bob Geldof would say about this because he criticised Blackrock himself or Brian O'Driscoll or the famous people that went there. Or I'm not, not sure if this was just related to people in the lower classes because each year he would have had six classes. He'd have the high achievers and the, I won't say wasters, but the lowlifers, you know, that didn't want to be there, you know. But, but, but Mike, no. Michael, who was on with us yesterday, and uh, he's... he's um, and I raise his point because it was put to him when he tried to bring his case to uh, the DPP brought a case and um, but but it was unsuccessful it got to, because they appealed it to the Supreme Court over the duration of time that had elapsed but uh, the, the, the defence the lawyers for the Holy Ghost Father was outborn um, put it to him oh you've, you you have become very successful they mean in life in his job and his professionally so it must not have had uh, much of an impact on you which is I hope people heard Michael's dismissal and abhorrence of that argument but he, he was he was um, in touch with us again this morning and he said Joe a small fact that escaped me today is, is that Blackrock College is the country's largest private school. I can't find a, a definitive attendance fees for Willow Park Junior and Senior Schools online. Uh, maybe listeners can tell us. So uh, I'm giving a conservative estimate. Today, total amount in today's money to school your child from juniors at Willow Park to leaving cert at Blackrock College is in the order of €80,000. This is the amount Michael is suggesting that should be paid out as a refund to victims of abuse, and I suspect Dermot as well, not just the victims, but the people who witnessed the abuse, their parents yeah. for services not provided, not to mind compensation, which, which should be a settlement figure on top for damages costs. Uh, Willow Park junior fees um, is four and a half thousand, he said. So from a junior to sixth class, if you just go to Willow Park, uh, that will cost you 36,000 
uh, euro. Um, total amount of all the, the junior, the senior and Blackrock College uh, that you will pay to that school uh, is €76,500. And remember, the um, in each of these cases, this is why people are exercised about some state and uh, statement on what's these revelations about BlackRock. In each of these cases, the teachers are paid by uh, the, the the state, the the taxpayer. The teachers are paid. So all of this, Corrie and uh, O'Born and Flood, who, as we discovered yesterday, also abused his own relatives, his own niece was on with us. Um, uh, the, these people were being paid by the state, believe it or not. Um, at the time. Okay, I'm going to go stay with us, uh, Dermot, stay with us, Fimber, sure. and I'll uh, go to the, the the man who started this all on Monday uh, by participating in the documentary, uh, The Black Rock Boys, uh, and his name, as you know now, is Mark Ryan. Joe at rt.ie. Talk to Joe on 0818 715 815. Talk to Joe on 0818-715-815. Mark Ryan, Mark, good afternoon. Good afternoon, Joe. Pleasure to talk to you. And likewise, did you realise when you um, spoke to Liam O'Brien for that programme on Monday, Documentary on One, um, what you were going to unravel? No. (laughs) No. There's no other, nothing else you can say. No. And listening to... It was huge. I knew it was big, do you understand me? Because it was my school, but I I had no idea. I still have no idea. I can't comprehend, Joe. And then how are are you today, Mark? How am I today? After Um, a week of... It's been very emotional. Uh, It's been overwhelming, as they say. uh, it's say been a roller coaster. Uh, I've been crying. I've been listening to your program. It's been uh, it's just unbelievable. Um, the stories, the numbers. I can't. I still can't believe it. And I'm sure because I I've been speaking obviously to a lot of people this week who who would regard themselves as avid Liveline listeners, and some of them told me I had to turn the program off. Well, these are adults. It was some of the stories that are. The, the incessant stories, the, the same names coming up again. Can I can I ask you something, Mark, before we proceed? You, sure. uh, yourself and David in the documentary mentioned O'Byrne as your abuser. Did you also... Abo was his nickname, yeah, O'Byrne. Yeah. You also, you, both of you said that there was a second abuser, different. So so we now... Be, I, I well, there's Rash with me as well, Hannon. Hannon, Okay. Rat, yeah, rat. I mean, and then there's a third. And is is Corey's name in there? No. Okay. Uh, so we have another. Who's, uh, who's not? Um, I can't okay. say his uh, name. Don't, don't say his name. Okay, but you're the second name you're you're now willing to give is Hannon. It's Hannon who was come up. Oh yes, yeah, I mean because yeah. it's been publicly out there. Yeah, the great. DPP decided not to prosecute because he was dead. Well, they couldn't prosecute. He was dead. Yeah. <laughs> This is Jared Hanna. Um, yeah, Jerry Hanna. And his, you, know, you know his brother was abusing over in Kenya as well. Oh, God. Okay, okay. Now, I just want to bring you back to two two clips from uh, the, doc, the doc on one, which people might not have heard. Uh, the first clip is uh, the document, as you, as you said in the documentary, you don't even remember signing it, but this incredible document that the Holy Ghost Fathers, or the Spiritans as they're now called, 
got you got you to sign yourself and David. Mark and David were each paid a six-figure settlement without any admission of legal liability or form of an apology. The settlements were co-signed by the provincial or head of the Spiritan Order in Ireland and the president of Blackrock College. And in the document that David and Mark signed, it prevented them from making any future claims. In full and final settlement of all claims which I may make or which may be made on my behalf of whatsoever nature and against whomsoever in connection with the matters referred to in the within proceedings and in connection with any other matter of any nature or kind pertaining to any member past or present and living or deceased of the Holy Ghost congregation and any employee, volunteer or other person having any connection to the Holy Ghost congregation and or Blackrock College and Willow Park Preparatory School. Unbelievable what you were made sign, Mark. Do you remember signing signing that? No. Um, I had to contact um, our solicitor uh, for a copy of it um, several weeks ago, quite a few weeks ago, because uh, I have no recollection. I have no recollection, Joe, of signing it. I vaguely remember the day itself. We were in such an emotional state of going in and speaking to them. Yeah. Uh, no recollection. I, I, to this moment in time, I have no recollection. But basically, you, you signed a document um, undertaking not ever to raise the issue again. If anything else came back to you about other abuse, you weren't to raise it, you weren't. It's an unbelievable document. Yeah, which actually ties us into the situation with um, A and Other at the moment as well, yeah. who's alive and kicking. Okay. Now, Mark, do you, do, do you, as I say, the Holy Ghost Fathers contested on behalf of O'Born, who was still alive at the time, obviously. Um, they strongly contested um, that the case should even be heard in the High Court, and they appealed to the Supreme Court. Uh, uh, well, he appealed to the Supreme okay. Court, if you understand me, because it was his defence. Yeah, well, which was paid for by Does the... that make sense? Yeah. yeah. For, 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 you know, from his tiny stipend that he had, Joe, um, he had a very good uh, barrister solicitor team. Very good, OK, he's entitled to that. But this, this, is the, this is the judgment that was handed down on behalf of the Supreme Court in 2007. I'm right. I think I am right. By uh, the this now deceased yes. Yes. Uh, Supreme Court Judge Adrian Hardyman. This is a difficult and, in some ways, an agonising case, having regard to the principles I'm about to expound. It is, as will be seen, a borderline case. However, it is one of which I have come to a clear view, and I do not think there is any point in delaying the giving of judgment. Father O'Byrne's legal team had sought relief from a criminal court case proceeding primarily on the grounds that the allegations of sexual abuse took place too long ago and that he was too old. Whilst Father O'Byrne was 82 years old when Mark and David first gave their statements, Father O'Byrne, the defendant in this case, was now 87. And in the final paragraphs of the Supreme Court judgment, Judge Hardiman states, It is, as I say, essential that the court should be alert not to replace one possible injustice with another. And in those circumstances, it appears to me that this is a case where quite unnecessary stress and anxiety has indeed been caused to this defendant. In the circumstances of this case, therefore, 
I would allow the appeal and set aside the High Court order and grant the relief sought. And that is um, an extract. Uh, for, sorry, I'm getting more names Correct, on my yes. unit. That is an extract. What, what was your reaction to that? That was too long ago. He was too old. It would cause him too much distress. Um, Joe, I'm lost for words. When we heard that, I've never seen the copy of that. Well, I only saw the copy of that several years ago. I was never sent it. Uh, nobody communicated with me. I was told, my father told me. Um, lost words. Can I tell you the disgust I have with the judicial system in Ireland? Um, pain. Uh, the power of uh, money in employing people. That's my opinion. I we were left. No justice. One thing, when the judicial reviews were happening and things like that, the only question I was asked, Joe, was to confirm my name. Michael spoke yesterday and he was interrogated. I have no idea what we said. We're only beginning to talk about things now, Joe. And he was interrogated. And I remember sitting outside the courtroom because there's such, I suppose it's in camera. I didn't hear what he had to say. Yeah. And he came out and he was, a, I mean, pale. I went in and I was asked to confirm my name. Mark Ryan. Thank you very much, Mr. Ryan. Bye-bye. And the Supreme Court rejected, said that uh, O'Born should not have to face charges because of his well, age. In 2007, yeah. yeah. And if O'Born had faced charges, little doubt he would have been found guilty given the evidence against him. That might have brought this whole can of worms out much, much earlier. It's 15 years I ago. I think it would have. 15 years ago. Have. And you heard, I, uh, well, I, I, I think you would have heard Dermot uh, there. And it's only, yes. as he said, it's, it's um, 15 years after that case, um, Dermot, uh, as, he, as he told you, went through his own severe, well, he'd be going through trauma anyway, but he went through severe trauma at the beginning of this year, which saw him in the psychiatric hospital. And um, as, as you brought out with um, Aidan, this is complex PTSD. Yeah. Post-traumatic stress, yeah. complex. Yeah. Okay, we have a we have another um, communication from uh, young a young person at the time who was uh, in in the school in uh, school, and this is um, from a voice note. It's in his own voice, by the way. This is from Kieran, who attended both Willow Park and Blackrock College. Hi. I'm contacting the programme because, by chance, I happened to listen to Doc on One as it went out live on Monday evening. Um, the story Mark and David gave surfaced some memories of my own time in Willow Park and Blackrock College, and I can't say I've had a decent night's sleep since Monday. Our family moved from Cork to Dublin in 1970, and there was never any question about what school I'd be attending because two of my granduncles happened to, have, uh, to be Holy Ghost priests. Both of them were still alive then, and they were both thoroughly lovely men, and I remember them fondly. Uh, I became a fifth-form pupil in Willow Park in September 1970. Uh, many of the teachers that I was taught by there, uh, whether they were religious or lay, were good, decent people, but there were some bad ones too. 
It wasn't long after I started that I witnessed physical violence being meted out when I was in Class 5A1. Um, Senan Corrie, who was our teacher for maths, uh, was angered by one of the boys. Maybe he was just being cheeky or gave him a wrong answer. I can't remember after 50 years. Um, but this poor boy was dragged out in front of the class by Corrie, who was in absolute rage. Uh, the boy was put on his knees in front of everyone and then battered repeatedly about the head by Corrie with the blackboard duster. It was one of those wooden ones, if you can remember them. Uh, Corrie was raging and bellowing at him for a few minutes. Now, I don't recall the rest of that incident or what happened next or afterwards. But none of us said anything in the class. None of us dared to. Uh, Corrie's fury would not have been something that we'd have wanted to draw down on our own heads. I had my own close brush with the other kind of abuse about a year later while I was still in Willow Park. Like most boys our age, uh, every chance we'd get, we'd be playing soccer outside during the lunch breaks. Uh, one lunch, I tripped when I was uh, playing and grazed my knee badly on the tarmac surface. It was bleeding quite a lot. Uh, Aloysius Flood, he must have been on uh, yard duty that day. He insisted on bandaging the cut and fixing me up, so he brought me down into his office and he closed the door behind me. Uh, now, he was trying to inspect my knee, but I found myself getting very anxious about him and the way that he was behaving, especially because I was now alone with him and the door was closed. I suppose nowadays we'd probably say he was getting very handsy. Uh, I protested that I was fine, it was just a graze, and I just pushed my way out of the office past him and ran. Uh, it was just a felt sense that I had at the time that things weren't right and that I was somehow in danger. But I'm glad that I escaped his clutches. Now I've learned what he did to other boys. Now, as regards telling anyone at the time about what did happen to me or what I witnessed, there was no chance of that. Uh, the status of priests and religious was such that it was just unthinkable. I mean, in, in addition to those two Holy Ghost granduncles I mentioned, there were another two great granduncles who were also Holy Ghost priests. And I had granduncles who were nuns, and there were various other clergy who were relatives of uh, other parts of the family. Uh, my father, for example, um, had uh, four first cousins, four brothers. Three of them became priests. Now, the clergy were everywhere. They were family. Now, who would have believed me if I came out with a tale about either of those two uh, priests? Talk to Joe on 0818 715 815. Joe Duffy! Talk to Joe on 0818 715 815. Joe. I was a pupil at Willow Park and subsequently Rockwell College from the late 60s to 1979. I remember Sen and Corrie in clear view of parents running the line at rugby matches, frothing at the mouth while shouting, cursing and even shoving guys around him out of the way. His practice of rubbing himself against classmates, in particular fifth form students, is a clear memory. I recall his rages and how he threw a wood back duster around. It still sends shivers of fear down my back. An evil, mad animal. The sight of him chasing a pupil down the corridor is a memory not lost. Aloysius Flood was allowed to operate in a new school block where another teacher was the only other adult. He took charge of this area which housed labs and the halls which was used to show Friday night movies and musical shows, plays and concerts. This space gave him every opportunity to operate without supervision. Now, thinking back, nearly everything he did facilitated his agenda. He used the setting up of chairs for films in the hall as a reason to select small groups of boys and get them isolated behind locked doors. His opera, always an annual show for parents, also provided him with costume fitting opportunities. 
His use of audiovisual in class was a chance to turn off lights. Edward Baylor arrived as I had moved on from his grade, but was known to have a ferocious temper, which went unchecked as other offenders were common in this regard. All this abuse happened, while the church itself was raging over the availability of condoms in Irish society to consenting adults. If members of these religious communities believed their own teachings in relation to right and wrong and heaven and hell, well, then they should be very, very nervous. Owen, good afternoon, Owen. Uh, sorry for holding you. I, I think you've been there from the start of the programme, unfortunately. Um, Owen, you were abused by Sen and Corey. In, um, um, were you in Willow Park or Black Rock, the senior school or the junior school? I went to Hi Joe, and, and just to start, I'm a little bit upset, to put it mildly, after listening to the earlier contributors. Yeah. They're very brave, but it, it's just added another layer. So please uh, bear with me. Yeah, I um, entered Willow Park in 1968, and I had a happy enough time there. I can particularly remember fourth class before the year I was abused in fifth class, being a very happy boy. Um, mm. I, I have really fantastic memories of that last term in 1971, the summer term. And I went into fifth class then. I was in a, a class called St. Mark's and Sinan uh, Curry was my math teacher. And I was abused by him. I have much fewer memories for mm -hmm. some reason of fifth class unlike my earlier years possibly because I blocked it out but after the week after bloody Sunday which was the 30th of January 72 mm -hmm. I can particularly remember that week we had been asked by her Irish teacher to write off Gaelga you know a news report on the awful events in Derry mm -hmm. and I can particularly remember um, in the math class, it, in the same classroom, you know, different teachers would come around. Curry would come up to me correcting the homework and he would pull me out of the desk and push me up against the desk and abuse me. I remember I was pushed against it. He put his hand down my trousers and he pushed me so hard and he... I, I don't really want to say what he did. I think you mm. can guess. Yeah, yeah. But he pushed me so hard against that desk that I remember I was, on, I, I was going to pass out from both the pain, the mental stress and the crushed. And he did this in front of the whole class and it happened multiple occasions. I can't say how many. And I can particularly concur with what was mentioned earlier, the foaming mouth, yeah. the rage. And someone just mentioned a duster for the blackboard. I had completely forgotten that. I remember that being thrown around, the rage and anger. I was in appalling fear of that man. I, I could do nothing. I could tell nobody, nobody. I didn't mention this. The first, for years and years and years later, um, and I can say without my wife, help. I would be in a, a bad place today. I did yeah. go for counselling mm -hmm. in 2009, uh, so I never mentioned it to my parents. 
or my family, I couldn't. It would have broken their hearts. And of course, I still ask myself, I first became aware, I think, in 1992 on an RTE programme when these various things began to come out mm-hmm. and I couldn't bring myself to go to the Gardaí. I didn't make a statement to the Gardaí until 2021, yeah, okay. which I regret to this day. How did I, how did I not do that for so long? This, um, I tried to put it behind me when I went into the last two years in Willow Park. I did to some success. I went into Blackrock College. I didn't see any abuse in Blackrock College, but the effects of what had happened to me on so many multiple occasions, the public humiliation about it hit me when I was in third year in Blackrock. I became... Is the line gone there all? Try and get it back. We've we've a break to take, but uh, after this break. Talk to Joe on 0818 715 815. Joe Duffy! Talk to Joe on 0818 715 815. Call us back. By the way, more questions we're putting into the spirits and to the spirits and support calls for public inquiry, which have been made by, by almost every uh, survivor who's been on Live Line this week. Um, and they, the spirit, and say, we will, of course, cooperate with the Guardi or any statutory authorities in any inquiry. At the names of the individuals that you revealed to us, the number of the Mary in the week who are still alive, who had allegations against them, have they been given to a Guardi Shikhan? And they say, yes, the names, I don't know when, but the names have been given uh, to the, gar- the Guardi owners. Uh, you're back on the line. I am. Yeah. Joe, thank you. Okay. Okay. You and you 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 had a breakdown at second uh, in, in secondary school. Yeah, I just became unable to go to school, and I became bedridden, and yeah. I was eventually hospitalised. Oh, and uh, um, that was that's a very difficult time in my life. And the professionals at the time who dealt with me did ask me questions. Yeah. And. They ranged from, you know, are you happy at home? Uh, are you taking drugs? Have you been taking drugs? There was never any questions about um, abuse that I can remember. But that did, I did recover from that. I did okay. go back to school. I did finish my time in Blackrock College and I did, uh, you know, do a reasonably good leaving cert. Mm-hmm. And I did have a reasonably happy final few years, but this anxiety thing rebounded on me several times since, you know, panic attacks in my life. But I'm really glad that you mentioned inquiry there, Joe, um, because whether it's a public or private inquiry, there needs to be a full independent inquiry at this stage um, with professionals, who are used to this sort of thing. I mean, the Garda inquiry can proceed completely separately because I have to ask both myself and all the audience, mm-hmm. how is it that Blackrock and Willow and St. Michael's and Rockwell are the last schools for this to come out? How is it that this has been knocking about for the last 30 years? I mentioned 1992. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've had, you know, the institutions, we've had the Christian brothers. Why is it? Is there some omerta, which 
I don't like using that word, but why is it has it taken so long? You know. Mm-hmm. So you and, and I, I can't answer that question, but it's a very pertinent question. Oh, it's a very very apt question. Um, I want to bring in Des O'Neill. Des, sorry for holding you as well. Des is in the UK. Uh, Father Tom O'Born uh, was in your life, Des, unfortunately. Uh, yes, uh, I went to St Michael's, um, and I went first went there in 1960 until 1968. So this was, I think, a good ten years before most of the other very brave and courageous people who've told their stories on your show. And yes, Father O'Brien came to our school. Uh, He was a keen photographer. And uh, my incident with him uh, was, uh, I was rather good at at sports when I was very young and I won all the athletics at sports day, the competitions. So he asked me to come in to take some photographs of me in my running kit. Um, So I came to school on on a, uh, do, do you want me to go on with the story? Yeah, please do. Yeah, he, he came in once, he asked me to come in one Saturday morning to the empty, completely empty school. So I went in and we went into the big sports hall, which was rather eerie, just with, only with him. And he asked me to change into my uh, sports kit. And he just sort of <laughs> sat down on the Excuse chair me. and put his elbows on his knees and just kind of stared. And I could kind of sense this darkness. And uh, I took off my top clothes, put on my little singlet vest, and realized that it did not cover my private parts. So uh, I would have to change in front of him. And I looked at him, expecting him to respect my privacy. But he just said to me very firmly, no, go ahead, go ahead, get changed. So I did and really felt, uh, you know, that moment of invasiveness. And then he went on to take photos. And and he pulled out these, uh, what I would describe as like Tarzan. Do you remember those Tarzan movies? Tarzan, like little shorts. like Yeah, yeah, yeah. Leopard or whatever they called them, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Kind of briefs and asked me to put those on. So I had to put those on in front of him. And then more photos. And then he kept coming up to the shorts and the briefs and fiddling with them and looking inside at my private parts. He didn't touch me, um, but we just looked. And it was just, just... very, very weird experience. And even as a, you know, at that age, 11, I think it was about 11, you, you really sense the, the weirdness and the strangeness. And I told my parents, and if you were, you know, a, a child in Ireland in the early 60s, yeah. and you told your parents yeah. that um, you were abused by priests, it was just unbelievable. It would, it would just be completely unbelievable. My great credit to my parents, they believed me. And uh, they listened to me. And my mother really stared O'Byrne out um, mm-hmm. the next time she saw him with contempt. And he, he, he got the message. So I was lucky, a credit to my parents, that they did that. Um, but then, you know, you, 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 just, you just get on with it, you're a little kid. So my instant is very small. But I would like to say about a public inquiry... Okay. That a lot of people have mentioned this, and I, I think this, this is a really, really important issue that should really be highlighted. And there is a real need for a public inquiry here, as has been highlighted. It needs to be independent yeah, yeah. because of Judge Hardiman's 
Supreme Court ruling that Father O'Byrne should not be prosecuted. And as you pointed out, the impact that has had or may not have had if that hadn't been the case. And that needs to be looked at in a public inquiry. And I would just say one one more thing. Uh, I would call on Blackrock College Past Pupils Union to take a lead on this and to set up an advisory group of men and women abused by priests at Blackrock College and uh, lobby and really lobby for a public inquiry. They should take the lead. Well, Blackrock College and the Past People's Union is one of the biggest in the world. of 60,000 members spread around the world. I want to thank you so much, Des. Apologies to Anne and the other callers who are waiting. Mark Ryan, given that you, your words started uh, this this week on Liveline, non-stop calls from uh, after the documentary, still coming in, I'm told, by the way, uh, Mark, mm-hmm. what, what would you like to say to the the, the other men and women? We had uh, two women who were abused um, by these priests. What would you like to say to them as this weekends? To continue telling their story, yeah. and that the truth has to come out. There has to be an independent inquiry. It has to be quick. I can't wait ten years. Yeah. Okay. Uh, the truth has to come out. My question is, you know, was Blackrock College the spiritans in the business of paedophilia or education? Okay. Okay, Ma- Mark, thank you. I'm over time, but thank you so much again. That's Mark Ryan, who's... Uh, and that documentary, you can listen back to the Doc on One website. Um, and Liam O'Brien, whose voice you heard there today, um, and Ronan Kelly is... Uh, Part of that document, Liam made the documentary. Okay, back on uh, Monday at one forty-five. Lisa Marie Berry produced, and Ray Darcy's next. Oh eight one eight seven one five eight one five stays open until three fifteen p.m. Or email Joe at rte.ie. 